0: Our episode continues.
1: All right, Earl, give us, give us something uh, uh, classy again to just bring it out of the dumpster.
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to deviate from my notes because, uh, as, as uh, DJ said, these are movies that uh, came out you know before we were around. And I'll just have to...
1: What our parents call the good old days?
2: Yeah, I'll just have to go to two uh, that were absolute uh, classics in my life. And that would be a miracle on uh, what is it, 34th Street? (laughs) Street. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) yeah, the original, please, no exceptions. (laughs) It's the original. Um, uh, who the hell? Uh, uh, Woodward, Natalie Wood, Natalie Wood, Maureen O'Hara, thank you, John Payne. And what a wonderful movie! That was. Uh, you cannot watch that movie and just not be doused with uh, sentimentality. And I just want to reach out to whoever that actress was that played the rich woman who answered the phone. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, she somehow—I don't know—her husband got her drunk. do something but she was eating candy and she was drunk on the phone and she oh what can i do for you anyways the whole goddamn movie Wonderful, (laughs) wonderful 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 uh just so special i've i saw it so many times mm-hmm. on tv growing up that uh, uh you, you can't you can't take out this movie when it comes to old movies miracle on 34th street i don't know about that abomination that was made uh some 20 years ago or whatever Oh, they tried they tried <laughs> <laughs> they tried but it does not match up also just a brief mention of a uh, made, I think it was made for TV, but it was a reversal of the uh, Miracle Story, but it was Marlo Thomas. Uh, oh, yeah. With the guy from Good Morning America? Yes, Cindy. <laughs> Who was that guy? What was his name? I knew the name a minute ago. Now I can't uh, remember. Fucking uh, what? Uh, Stewart? No. <laughs> Uh, and I would, I would. That guy actually acted in
1: movies. What? It's like yes. finding out Gary, what's his name? Who was on the other daytime? Listen, that guy. Movies.
2: That guy has started a. Uh, he was in a television series. Hmm. Um. Don't ask me what it was. It was 1970s. For anyone who wants just a a strange variation on the classic, uh, uh, you know, Sebastian Cabot played Santa anyways family affair the butler on family affair um, <laughs> the uh, the other old timey uh, sh- uh, movie that came out long Miracle before Inferno. i
1: ever oh was the read. 1973 on 34th right. street
2: 1973
1: yes, cabinet is chris kringle jane alexander david hartman david hartman <laughs> and Jim Backus was in it, who, and oh Roddy McDowell God. and Tom Bosley. Shit, that's oh a good cast.
2: God. Roddy McDowell was the psychiatrist who desperately wanted to prove that this Sebastian Cabot was crazy.
0: <laughs> Jane Alexander,
1: no, Marla Thomas was not there. You're thinking of Jane Alexander. Marla Thomas was.
2: not
1: No, nope. what the hell? <laughs> Jane Alexander, head of the the NEA, esteemed stage actress. <laughs> uh,
2: okay. You know what I'm thinking of? Marlo Thomas did a version of. <sighs> it sounds like wonderful
1: life from what. Yes.
2: It's a wonderful life. She made right. it for TV and she started. And I'm mixing those two up. <laughs> uh, so uh, just going on is. Uh, yes, I do want to acknowledge. It's a wonderful life. The original with James Stewart, uh, Maureen O'Hara Donna Reed. Oh, sorry, Donna <laughs> Reed. Who cannot, who cannot remember that wonderful movie, which was a flop when it came out, mm-hmm. but uh, it gained popularity on television when it was repeated year after year, and now it's it has sort of a legendary status. Yeah,
1: those uh, it, it, it 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 wound up in the public domain, so TV stations could show it for free. Yes, that's why um, it was on, it got so many repeats, is that they didn't have to pay for it,
2: <laughs> right? It, it
1: became familiar
2: because it was just shown over and over again. But what a nice little movie, right? a nice start, Mary, Mary, <laughs> don't you remember me?
1: Don't you know who I am? Do you want the moon? I'll wrap a lasso around it and bring it down for
0: you. How about some Campbell's soup? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay, okay, Earl. So, what actor? Do your two movies share? Oh, what an interesting question. It's oh a very bit goodness. part. It's a very bit part in Miracle on 34th Street, but they do share an actor.
2: Ellen Corby. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen Corby did play uh, a bit part in. It's,
1: it's not William Frawley who shows up in not 34th Frawley. Street.
2: God, who could it be? I don't know. Cindy, tell us.
1: Okay, it's the he's I'm grabbing the name right now because I know the face, but he's he's the taxi driver in oh, okay. uh, wonderful life. He's the mail he's the guy working in the mail room who decides to send all the letters that come to the courthouse to the courthouse. They come for Santa Claus. He decides he's the one who decides in probably something that's completely not allowed by regs to send them all to the courthouse. and he was Dobie Gillis's dad.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Oh. Excellent trivia. Excellent.
1: Okay, so but what's that actor's name? I'm looking for it right I now. I
2: don't know. I don't know. Frank Phelan. There you go, folks. He's he's in both of those yeah. films. And, 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 and JoJo's Paddles. JoJo's Paddles. JoJo's <laughs> Paddles. Oh my god, folks. It, oh for heaven's sakes. If you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, come on. If you haven't seen the original Miracle on 34th Street. Come on. Come on. Get
0: with it. It was before Macy's owned everybody and put the competition out of business. Yeah. Can you
1: imagine? Yeah. Macy's had a rival in these films.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. What's next
0: from there? I'm going to recall the most famous favorite... reindeer of all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my classic film is something that I, uh was shared with me by my dad. Now, for the listeners at The Faraway Nearby, you'll know that I've mentioned my dad had a great love of movies. He used to skip school when his parents were going through a divorce, and he also had a bit of a learning disability, so movies actually were kind of like his books. And um, at a time when movies were still $20 a pop, my dad had a growing library at home. So he was one of those folks that Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the Turner classic movies and used to subscribe to their paper magazine Mm -hmm. one of my favorite classic holiday films is White Christmas 1954 with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye and one of my favorite supporting actors Mary Wicks Uh, Earl do you know who Mary Wicks is I know the name but I honestly do not know she never played a leading role, but she always played the fun character. And how I first learned about her was through these uh, two movies with Haley Mills. She was in The Trouble with Angels, it was yes. about these two troublemaker girls that go to Catholic school. Well, Mary Wicks played the witty nun who was the one who drove the bus. And she was also in Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg, playing a very similar character. Well, Mary Wicks is in White Christmas with Bing Crosby and Danny Kay, And she plays basically the front desk lady at this. Oh, resort.
1: right. The innkeeper. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And of course, uh, this story has a special place in people's hearts because at the time it was made in 1954, um, world war II was so fresh in people's memories that they, they got old feelings going to see this movie because it's a movie about old army buddies that plan a surprise party for their commander who's retiring. And of course, through, uh, you know, a calamity, they learn that their former commanding officer is now running an inn that's failing in Vermont. And Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye are the headliners in show business. After they got out of the war, uh, they were comics and singers, and they ended up on this uh, this resort. And they pull in a few favors to bring all of their old company to to see the old man, their their commanding officer. So, um, but this also stars Rosemary Clooney, and of course, she's a legend not only for being on film, but her voice, right. And, uh, come to find out, she was all of 26 when she was in this movie. Mm. <laughs> wow. And her co-star that plays her character's sister is an actress named Vera Allen. Now, mm-hmm. she was only in a handful of movies and ended her acting career in the 50s, but she was one of the youngest women to ever become a Rockette.
1: Okay. wow. Oh.
0: Oh. But uh, it just uh, a wonderful story because you know it's it's set in uh, the the winter wonderland of Vermont and they get there and much like today where we've got global warming, <laughs> and, uh, style. You know, there's no snow, and uh, so what do you all recall of White Christmas? Is this something you've seen recently? What do you remember? Okay, so.
2: What I what I remember about White Christmas, first of all, beautiful black and white movie, filmed in black and white. Um, but didn't it cover all the holidays?
1: No, what you're thinking of is the original film that the song white Christmas appears in, which is holiday
2: Inn." you're absolutely right. Which that's the late thirties. I
1: always recommend holiday Inn" to people who love white Christmas. Cause it's a nice, you know, cause, cause white Christmas is so technicolor glitz. It's got the nightclub numbers. It's got sisters and the big Christmas number, a nice respite where you're seeing the same kind of talent. And it's still fun is holiday Inn," And you're, you can see Fred Astaire right. playing an asshole, which is always kind of fun.
0: You know what? <laughs> Cindy, ironically you, you've, um, peeled back a layer here the sets that were used for white christmas were made for holiday inn
1: they kept them that long wow they never threw anything out <laughs> they asked fred astaire to be in white christmas and he was unavailable and danny Kay was like a third choice but it's one of my favorite danny Kay films of course i, I like him in anything but that's that makes white christmas a highlight for me
0: <laughs> you know there's the, the scene in the movie where um they have some role reversal and um the sisters rosemary Clooney and her co-star there you know they're they're basically cutting out on the check because uh the sheriff has caught wind they're in town and they owe uh, money on rent on an apartment they skipped out on right so of course Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye ends up putting on their costumes and playing their recording but they they basically do a drag show you know, female impersonators. Ah, they lip sync. <laughs> yep, they lip sync to it. So that's this has to be one of the earliest representations of that in a, in a major movie. But <laughs> um, a slight side note here. I remember years ago I went to a sci-fi convention. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect at this costuming contest. These two women dressed as the Klingon sisters Lursa and Bator from Star Trek. <laughs> and they did the fan dance from White Christmas with sisters but oh the, sweet uh, the fans were their batleth swords
2: <laughs> I fucking they, adore that there
0: you <laughs> go folks <laughs> yeah,
2: that's something you could only find out from DJ
1: <laughs> <laughs> if they put that YouTube clip up now it would get a million hits <laughs> Today is a good day to lip sync. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so, so now from the classics of yesteryear, we flash forward to the holiday tales from more recent times. And so Cindy, what are mm-hmm. some more recent movies that have made your list?
1: Well, recent's going to kind of be in quotes actually for me, but it's 1996. So it's not really uh, that far, uh, but I, but I was in my twenties. So I guess, I guess we'll call it the future. Um, uh, the preacher's wife. Now, I this is a remake of the Cary Grant, Claudette Colbert original, The Bishop's Wife, which I adore. I'm a Cary Grant fan, hardcore, and I also it's the movie where I learned to enjoy David Niven. Um, but I really like this remake. As far as as we've been talking about horrible remakes, like the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street remakes and that sort of thing, and all the weird Christmas Carol adaptations. I like it. It's set, um, set in a city. Uh, Denzel Washington plays an angel that's brought to earth to help a minister and his wife. And the minister has gotten so sort of, uh, not ambitious, but well in the original, it's about ambition in the, in the 96 remake. What I like is it's this minister just trying to do everything he has to do when you're running a church. You know, it's trying to fundraise and keep this program going and make these people happy and make these funders happy. So hopefully they give you all this money. And in the meantime, he's so into the job and some of the kudos of the job. You know, he's trying to become a a, he's trying to get a promotion of some sort that he starts sort of neglecting his family and his wife. And his wife is Whitney Houston, um, who doesn't sing that much in it, which is actually kind of nice, because when she does, then it's a highlight. Mm -hmm. She sings beautifully with the choir. Playing the the preacher is Courtney Vance, who most people are going to know from Law and Order. He was the uh, uh, the district attorney on Criminal Intent, and I think he played a lawyer in like two other shows. You put him in a suit, and he, oh, and recently he was in the O.J. Simpson TV film. So you might forget or be unaware of the fact that Courtney Vance is can be really funny. The fun thing in this is that you get to see him play this sort of fussy, uh, distracted. Uh, ambitious preacher who now has to deal with the otherworldly thing of this handsome, fun loving angel now in his midst and Denzel Washington. I mean, I remember him doing some humorous films, but now he's, you know, mostly known for that sort of like training day and American gangster and this really serious stuff. But he has a lot of fun playing um, the angel who is not only enjoying his assignment of sort of, you know, showing the preacher that he needs to think more of his own life as well as his ambitions and his goals, but also loving the fact that he doesn't, that the, all these human things are new to him, including how pretty Whitney Houston is. So you sort of have them flirting and skating and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I would put it up there as one of the better remakes of a, of an original film. And it, it's a nice respite from the more treacly overdone clearly for children Christmas movies. So, like, if you just had to watch three or four of the really silly Hallmark movies or a bunch of the children's Christmas specials, you put on Preacher's Wife and you got something that's a little more for low-key adults.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Denzel Washington, immensely appealing in this Mm -hmm. movie.
1: Yes, very very handsome and charming. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then, let's see. (laughs) my guilty pleasure pick i'm always happy when lifetime shows this from 2006 home by christmas linda hamilton now that she's done fighting terminator robots or fighting with her (laughs) ex-husband is a suburban woman who lives a pretty ideal life you know the husband's like a lawyer or something so her daughter's just heading off to college and things are going pretty well. And she's got a, a nice house, a good car and doesn't have to worry about how the money gets there or where it's going to go because she's just living her perfect little life. Suddenly the husband cheats on her and dumps her. Yeah. Then as the divorce is going on, she gets kicked out of the house, loses the car. She gets a, a car that she can get around in, you know? So while she's, she's trying to find out where her husband has hid some of the the money that would actually be community property while she's trying to get through that, she figures out that she had like no control of her life, really that he controlled everything, you Uh know? So the daughter doesn't want to spend any time with her. The daughter goes to spend like her part of her Christmas vacation with dad. And, um, and then she so pretty soon she's living in this rundown little apartment. And while she's living in the apartment, she gets attacked in the parking lot and gets robbed. And when she winds up in the hospital for three days, she loses her apartment. So now she's homeless and living in her car and doesn't have any of the nice things she had all while trying to hide this from her kid. Oh (laughs) my God. It's the perfect lifetime movie. Really? Cindy, I think (laughs) it's
0: a movie. Doesn't it involve her and her friend becoming realtors?
1: Exactly. Like she has this eye for decor and her friend who's also homeless. uh, She, she runs across this woman who's also homeless, but doesn't look homeless at all. So this woman who is in sort of, I'll say it sort of the magic Negro role. Uh, because this happens to be one of the few other black, one of the few black characters in the whole thing. She shows Linda the ropes on how to be passably homeless. <laughs> <laughs> you could go to the mall during the day and get samples, right? And live off the samples from the food there. And you could go to um, uh, realtors who are showing houses. They usually serve cookies. You can get cookies and hang out somewhere. <laughs> You could go to the library and get really smart and um, learn things about how to investigate your husband. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, of course, she meets a good looking guy because she finds this coffee shop she can hang out in during the day. And Linda takes her talent for home decor and her friend's talent for real estate and they open up a business together. So by the end of it, Linda Hamilton has a fiance who's hot, a new bestie a business that's thriving and succeeding in the decor and real estate game. <laughs> and the haughty new fiance, cause now she's got a little bit of money. She's doing okay again. So now she can ha- sort of have a passable Christmas for the daughter when the daughter comes home unexpectedly. But the boyfriend finds out about this and just in time redecorates the house, her oh. rundown little house and makes it perfect and beautiful for when the daughter comes home.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the yeah uh, the lead up to it with Linda's learning how
2: to survive as a homeless woman is just golden.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now would you say was this a TV thing or was it a theatrical thing?
1: Oh no, this was a Lifetime TV movie. Oh, Lifetime, I love you. Oh, a woman struggling goodness. to make it cuz all men are pigs. <laughs> 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 Except for the hot sensitive ones. <laughs> And then the other uh, woman just trying to make it guilty pleasure movie. I'm a sucker for Christmas Carol adaptations, good, bad, or indifferent. So the one uh, that I'll just mention, because you always see it every year, and I think it's worth watching is Vanessa Williams in a Christmas Carol where she's a Christmas diva, where Hmm. she's a pop star. She's a pop star Scrooge. And so she treats her roadies and her dancers horribly. And she's really extra cheap. And she plans on them having a show at Christmas that she says is for charity, but she's not going to give any of the money to charity. (laughs) Nick Rhodes from Duran Duran has a cameo. Um, Nile Rogers from La Chic has a cameo. And Vanessa Williams just gets to be arch bitchy Scrooge. So that's fun. VH1 likes to show that one a lot. But the one you don't see as often that I really liked was Ebby from 1995, featuring, starring Susan Lucci. So right there. It's got it's got credos right there. So Ebby Scrooge owns and operates a department store that she used to just be like a uh, she used to work in the basement and then she worked her way up and now she runs the department store. But she's an absolute bitch of a boss and uh, her she all the Christmas ghosts show her. So you have a past that's set like in the mid 60s. And then a little further forwards like the 70s, and then she realizes what a horrible person she's been, and it's the usual thing. But I love movies, I love Christmas Carol adaptations, and I love movies that are set in department stores. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> ah, like, when I saw Mannequin as a kid, that's what I liked more about it than anything was the was this really cool department store it was set in. <laughs> Those are my two guilty pleasure Christmas carols, is Ebby and A Christmas Diva.
2: <laughs> Excellent. You can't go wrong with Susan Lucci. Or oh, should we get in one of yours? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to get into this anyways. I'm going to go with it just because I can't, you know, this has to be mentioned. Okay. All right. This is not recent, except in my life. <laughs> uh, because I'm old. But anyways, it feels recent, but it's not recent. <laughs> It actually goes back to 1971, and it was a made-for-TV movie that premiered on CBS. uh, And uh, it was actually the pilot uh, for the Waltons' uh, TV series. Ah, the Waltons. Yes. And it starred Patricia Neal, who was wonderful as the mother. Uh, Edgar Bergen, who was wonderful as the grandfather, and, of course, Richard Thomas, who uh, basically solidified his career in <laughs> about five years doing the character of John Boy Walton. Um, and Ellen Corby, God bless her, was the grandmother f- since the beginning. But anyways, <laughs> it was called The Homecoming, a Christmas and it was before the Waltons was a television series and it was a lovely lovely story of 1930s family it's very simple story it all takes place on Christmas Eve one single Christmas Eve and this family is waiting for their father to come home from his job in the big city, some 50 miles away, but he's late and uh, he's not shown up when he was supposed to. And everyone starts getting worried. And then they hear on the radio uh, that there was a bus overturned and that uh, several travelers uh, were hurt on this bus exit. And uh, the, uh, the young man John Boy Walton, who is just becoming a man. He's the eldest son of this family that has freaking 500 children. And, <laughs> but hey, then he, Walton's got busy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so he is given the task uh from his mother, who is very concerned about her husband, you've got to go out and find your father. And It's a coming of age story, uh, that is told with very colorful characters, very interesting characters, and very effectively told. Um, it shows, it really shows this movie.
0: The Faraway Nearby will soon be entering its third season. If you've enjoyed listening to the adventures of DJ and the Duchess, why not show your support? Head on over to patreon.com slash tfnpodcast. There you can choose to make a donation. Who knows? Maybe you'll get an invitation to the Royal Compound for a future episode. But whatever you do, make sure you let us know our time's been worth it to you. Thank you from the both of us.
2: What it might have been like in a large family in a poor home during the depression on this winter Christmas Eve. And uh, there's so many scenes in this that are just so poignant. The whole thing uh, comes down to the father finally coming home. And uh, even though the young man John Boy wasn't able to complete his mother's mission to find him. He feels kind of like a failure. Uh, Redemption is found at the very end when the father really does come home on Christmas Eve and he's got a big bag full of presents that he spent all of his money from that job to buy all of his kids presents and, and his wife, some flowers and stuff. What a wonderful wonderful movie. If you can't see it, I watch it every year on YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure it's on DVD somewhere. Uh, but it was the uh, pilot movie uh, that that created the Waltons TV series, which, which through the 70s was a very highly rated television series. But this movie, The Homecoming, and uh, uh, it did not have the, the father and mother actors that were popular in the TV series. Right. Uh, Patricia Neal played the mother. She was much, a little bit harsher and a little bit tighter than uh, Michael Leonard would portray in the rest of the TV series. But she does such an amazing performance and uh, just a great, such a great little movie.
1: Right. I, I can't believe Evan, I I didn't, I never caught that Edgar Bergen was in it. I don't think of him as an actor. I think of him as just Charlie's operator.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a neat little bit of casting and uh, Will Geer went on to portray the grandfather for many years on the Walton's TV series. But in this pilot movie, Edgar Bergen was the grandfather. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just cute because in one of the scenes in this movie, there's Edgar Bergen, the grandfather, listening with all the kids to the radio to a Charlie McCarthy <laughs> and, and Edgar Bergen radio show. Nice. So it was just a cute bit of casting. <laughs> but anyways, uh, if you've never seen it, just a, a beautiful, heart, very... You know, tugs on your heartstrings. Lovely story.
1: The end. Okay, DJ, what's your modern era pick?
0: Okay, well, when yeah. I think about movies that have been made in more recent years, I, I had a little bit of trouble only because I don't think of myself as that old yet. I became an uncle when I was 11, so all <laughs> my
1: was
0: me feel old. <laughs> but I've got some honorable mentions that aren't really my favorites of course christmas vacation is the one that everybody knows and because oh, of that i can't stand it anymore
1: no. oh no <laughs> i liked it before it was cool
0: the only thing that i find endearing about that movie is the fact the actress that played the great aunt and that was the original voice of betty boop Right. And it was her last acting role. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I did not know that, DJ. When I was trying to grasp at more recent movies, I, I thought of one that I kind of love to hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my favorite that I'll talk about in a moment, but Christmas with the Cranks, which has Jamie Lee Curtis that you're okay. talking Earlier was made in 2004. Now this is a movie I love to hate because it's got all the setups of a movie that you could love, and this couple. <laughs> they have a daughter that's gone off to college, and you know they live in the perfect suburb life, and you know the neighbors have expectations that they're going to decorate and they're going to do all these things together, and they just get this wild idea that they're going to do something different this year. They're going to think of themselves, and they're going to go on a cruise. How I, dare they? I know. I just love this idea when people who are trapped in other people's lives because they do things for everybody else, when they get the moment to do something for themselves, because I'm thinking, oh wonderful, now the mother and father are actually gonna have a moment to themselves. But no, (laughs) the daughter says, I'm coming home and they have to give up their plans for the cruise. Now, if it was me, I would say, screw that. We already bought the tickets. Exactly. (laughs) Stay in her dorm room or whatever.
1: We will uh, leave a key under the mat for you. Good luck.
0: (laughs) Right. And I really wasn't a fan of the, um, the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. Mm hmm you know, there were some charming moments, but I actually prefer him in this Christmas with the cranks instead. (laughs) Ah. Just for that moment that the daughter turns the whole situation on end and they have to give up their cruise plans. Just it, it just grates against my nerves. (laughs) um, (laughs) My favorite movie for more recent years ends up being something I found quite by accident. You see, uh, the other year, my niece had come by and she was um, getting free babysitting basically because my <laughs> sister was going off for Black Friday shopping. Right. So they decided, well, let's just leave, you know, the niece and the grandkids off with the funny uncle. Why not? Yeah. So we got to going on to Netflix after the kid got a nap and we found this movie called How About You? Now, Coincidentally, this movie ends up being made in Ireland and it stars some very notable actors, including Vanessa Redgrave. Now, mm. um, Vanessa Redgrave, other than her own achievements in life, it, it was the mother of actress Natasha Richardson, who was Liam Neeson's late wife. Right. Vanessa Redgrave is a celebrated British actress. And she's one, or she's one of sixteen actors to have won the triple crown of acting, which I had to look this up. Is called getting an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Tony all together. So she's yes, only yes. one of sixteen people. She also turned down a the British honor of Dame in ninety nine. So you know she she was too good to be uh, a lady <laughs> you know
2: but, no I, uh, I, I i think she had, she had some, some, sort some sort of
0: political point. reasons for that oh and, yes that's that's usually what that ends up being because she is right. a, a rights activist i mean if you look her up there's a lot of things that she supports and she speaks of aside from vanessa redgrave who uh, contrary to popular american opinion is not related to the 80s actress lynn Redgrave. Another person in this movie is, of of note from British fame is Imelda Staunton, and mm-hmm. this is somebody who, if you're only um, getting into to movies of more recent years, you would have seen her in the Harry Potter films as the the twisted lady who uh, you know was in bed with the mystery of magic, and she had all the plates on the walls of cats that would come to life. Oh, the chick in the pink outfit, right? Yeah, and uh, but she's a celebrated actress. I, I caught not long ago a production that she did of Gypsy, where she was Mama Oh my Rose. God, yes. And she is just absolutely wonderful in this role. But anyways, the movie it's is called... It's Mama Rose as done by Richard III. That's my take on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie is called How About You? It's from 2007. And the storyline is that a young woman is asked to help her sister out at a retirement home during the holidays. she uh, Soon she became acquainted with the ruthless groups of, of residents making life difficult for others. Now, of course, that group of difficult seniors, because this is an assisted living community, consists of Vanessa Redgrave and Amelda Staunton. And these people are just so horrible that they can't keep regular residents at this retirement village. <laughs> I mean, Yes, when everybody leaves for the holidays, these are the only ones that stay behind because nobody wants them in their home. (laughs) (laughs) And the great thing about this movie is that the main character, the young lady, who's unfortunately, uh, her name I forget right now, she uh, is tasked with learning the stories of the the residents there, which of course is oftentimes the case when your caregiver and or a nurse and you're you're working in one of these assisted living communities you know these people that you're taking care of are are not just some old person that was dropped off because you know life became inconvenient they're somebody who had a life, and they're not old on the inside. You know, they, their insides don't match their outsides. They've got stories <laughs> to tell. And so she gets, uh, she becomes acquainted with some of the residents there, and uh, just several of them have these fascinating life stories, including this one lady that she meets fairly early in the movie, and uh, she's a woman that had been, I want to say, a nurse during wartime? and maybe. Mm-hmm an actress you know the the one that the one little piece of uh brightness that she gives to this lady is that she sneaks her some pot (laughs) you know you know she she's she's got some sort of debilitating illness and she's going to die in this this facility here and she's the only one that cares to sit and listen to her stories and she sneaks her some pot and she also wheels her chair outdoors so that she can enjoy some fresh air so one of the greatest moments in this movie after you start learning the cast of characters is there's a scene where the the diva that's played by vanessa redgrave has uh, snuck out for a moment and some of the other nurses at the facility uh know her her alibi you know when she goes missing they know where she's gone to because she's down in the village in the pub (laughs) and uh, it's just terrific once the young lady has run to fetch her because she gets there and everybody in the pub is just surrounded uh vanessa redgrave at the piano and she's singing the old tunes like she did when she was on stage in theater and it's just the the you know, the light of the party and the girl that's gone to retrieve her has grown respect for her. She realizes this is somebody who had achieved something in her life. Cause she has nice things in her suite. So the girl puts on a sport coat and a chauffeur hat and she pretends like she's been sent by, uh, by the handler to come pick her up and take her back to her estate. <laughs> And it's just it's just a wonderful movie. It's got several other uh, actors of of note in it. I their name escapes me right now, but it's just a great ensemble because before the movie is over, she has learned each of their stories, and she's gotten them to sit down at Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. and they become friends slowly.
1: Well, I gotta say, I, when I saw this on your on your pre show list, I looked it up. It's like I wish I'd seen this. I totally would seen this when it came out, just because it's got. Looking at the cast list, it's got Joss Ackland in it. And a chance to see Josh Ackland do anything even closely resembling a comedy is intriguing to me. <laughs> and Brenda Fricker, who's got to be one of my favorite feisty old English <gasps> Brenda chicks,
2: Brenda Fricker,
1: that, yes, that puts it on the must-watch list. And what the most surprising part to me is Haley Atwell's the young lady who's the lead. Hmm. So this is a chance for Marvel Universe fans to see Agent Carter in a rom-com, basically. <laughs>
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> ah, oh my god cindy what a reach oh how my did, god how did i not see this when it came out this is the kind of thing i would totally take myself to on a monday night and go see it <laughs> you look it came out in 2007 and it made oh man opening weekend in the u.s it made six thousand dollars
0: oh
2: for heaven's sake
1: this got <laughs> undersold this movie because this has got a lot of people in it i would love to watch <laughs>
2: Oh, for oh
0: and then there's a, there's a great scene where there's a food fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dentures it's and food the, flying everywhere.
0: <laughs> oh, for heaven's <him's laughs> sake. And Imelda Staunton's character ends up wearing an iPad.
1: One <laughs> of the better finds off of the, doing this episode with you guys. I'm definitely digging this one up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have not seen this either, DJ. So I, got, I, I gotta see this. I'm suddenly, because of this... Movie description, DJ. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of another movie called Bebbet's Feast. Mm-hmm. Ah, now, yes. Did that not take place around Christmas? Wasn't that a holiday feast?
1: Uh, I think it was set around a Saints' Day, but let me.
2: I don't know if it was Christmas, but it was a...
1: I was working at an indie movie theater at the time. I remember when it came out. It's like a weird follow-up in some people's minds to uh, the cook, the thief, his wife or lover. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. During the late 19th century, a strict religious community in a Danish village takes in a French refugee from the Franco-Prussian War as a servant to the late pastor's daughters. Okay, uh, it might it, be, yeah, this this is our this is our category that I always add that DJ didn't, which is yeah, it's not really a Christmas movie, but it's totally a Christmas movie.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember. Uh, lovely movie. I mean, if you ever wanted to watch a movie and watch people eat succulent, wonderful things on film, <laughs> Babbitt's feast because I'm telling you the night they have, this multi-course dinner.
0: Oh, my lord. <laughs> but Incidentally, how about you is available on DVD and on Amazon.
1: Sweet. Excellent.
0: Excellent. On, on Another caveat there. This is an honorable mention. I almost wasn't going to say this, but on the note of uh, me picking movies with a dark twist, mm-hmm. this is totally a movie that, isn't about christmas but takes place in part during christmas
1: <laughs> okay so, uh, don't pull your shoulder reaching for that one but okay
0: really so this is a movie that took uh that was done in 2000 and it stars the odd pairing of ving rains who did a uh, a remake of kojak back in 2005 and was oh, still yeah funny. Theories oh, about makes
2: a remake of Kojak. <laughs> yes. And, uh,
0: and Alfrey Woodard, of course, who was in Scrooged and one of my favorites, Star Trek First Contact. Ooh. Now um basically uh, this is a movie with a dark twist because Ving Rames plays a female impersonator, a drag queen. And uh, through I've seen clips of this, yeah. Yeah, and so um through a calamity of errors, basically. Uh, Alfre Woodard's character ends up down and out, and she ends up having to uh, look for a place to stay, basically when her drug dealer boyfriend has kicked her out. And she ends up living in the other part of a duplex that is owned by Bing Rames' character. Holiday, who is now a <laughs> proud gay man who recently lost his lover of many years. Now, it's a very special movie because, well, for one, you get to see Ving Rames playing an effeminate gay man. And uh, Alfrey Woodard plays a role that she's very good at, a lady who is just strung out and at her wits' end and crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, she has this daughter who is growing up without a father and she ends up taking a liking to holiday being rames's character and he becomes a de facto father figure for her and the little girl she just wants to have a a regular normal home life but her mother has a history of having bad taste in men and so (laughs) Don't we all, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so before the movie is over, her mother has found herself in the same boat as before, uh, you know, in with a drug dealer. And well, the girl wanted a bike for Christmas and Holiday had arranged to give her one. And um, after a period where the mother has gone missing for a while, because she's, you know, gone off the wagon, uh, she comes back and I think it's Christmas Eve. And she goes to pawn the bike on Christmas Eve that the drag queen had just bought for her daughter. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, oh man, I w- won't spoil the ending, but you could see how this is a one of those dark holiday films cuz right. the name of the movie is Holiday Heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if, that if that doesn't fool you. you.
0: Right? <laughs> if, if Bing Rames and Drag doesn't fool you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay, DJ. Okay, then but then we're going to go for dark twist, uh gritty uh Christmas movies. I got to put in LA confidential (gasps) Kevin Spacey ickiness aside. All right, fine, fine, whatever. But (laughs) it's set during Christmas. There are Christmas celebrations. There are Christmas beatings. There's Christmas snow in the form of cocaine. There's, (laughs) there's carols. I mean, any movie with a body count like this that had, to, I hadn't read the book. So the twists and turns on it kept me, I saw it twice in the theaters when it came out because I had to do it. So I will always, all those people will go, Die Hard is my Christmas movie. Fuck you, LA Confidential is my Christmas movie.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so funny see, because I, I remember going to see this in the theater when it came out. But here again, I rem- i remember this movie vividly because mm-hmm. it was so good. But I'll be God damned if I remember anything that Christmas
1: about it. It's that's, that's the whole thing is it's set during Christmas, but because it's LA in what? 48, 49. Yeah. Yeah. There's no snow. There's no, there's some Christmas ornaments, like the, the, the diner where the first shooting takes place has Christmas ornaments up and this kind of stuff. (laughs) And you go, Oh yeah, it's December. (laughs) Yeah. So technically, I'll put it in Goodfellas because Goodfellas has a whole thirty-minute scene that takes place during Christmas.
2: There you <laughs> go. <laughs> well, I think we uh, we have a roster of very wonderful movies, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and a few
1: take good and some good takes on some not so wonderful movies. Exactly.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, Santa Claus versus the Martians, but <laughs> it's just like any visit with family, you take you good and you take you the bad. Take them
2: both, and there you have the facts of life. Christmas episode.
0: (laughs) That's right.
2: But you know what? It's all about, for heaven's sakes, the nostalgia factor. True. These things, when you see maybe when you're a little younger, let's just take Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, for example. Uh, These characters go on a quest. (laughs) and what a wonderful quest it is it takes them on adventures you're not saying it's Lord of the Rings are you (laughs) no but each of the characters have a special power Uh, you know uh, the uh, little elf who's a dentist well he knows how to uh, exact pain uh, ruthlessly
1: (laughs) they each Uh, find a place amongst a group that isn't their family who's rejected them that you can make Christmas even with people who aren't family (laughs) and some people would prefer it
2: (laughs) Uh, Cindy, that is so well put. But anyways, uh, this is what these, you know, this is what Hollywood and TV movies and all uh, introduce into our lives. And and we love them because they speak to us and we like to remember them.
0: And they're part of our Christmas. And and deep down inside, we all know we live in the island of Misfit Toys.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody likes a jack. Uh, a what? Who was it? A Howard in a box? What was it? I don't remember.
0: So as our program draws to a close, the hot chocolate has run out, and the plate of cookies is now bare. Any down part- to the booze and the leftover chocolate, <laughs> right? Any parting thoughts and our wishes for the coming season? Well, what you got to do, folks, is. <laughs> Experience (laughs) your
2: holidays and and everything will come together naturally. You will have the things that become nostalgic to you. You won't even have to ask for them. It'll just happen. And uh, over the years, you'll love them over and over again. They'll just come to you.
1: We just remember that whether you're celebrating uh, Mithras or Solstice or Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Diwali or any of those things, they're all about shining light when it's wintry dark. And hey, how, <laughs> that is and very good. Thank you. And just whatever you do that shines a little light when it's wintry dark and cold out, remember, it's all celebrating the good things while we get through the dark
0: winters. Amen. And so with that being said, if you would be so good to let us know, Cindy, where can our listeners find you when you're not doing fabulous appearances?
1: Usually under a table
0: drunk somewhere, but you know. Oh
1: my god. Uh, No, usually every so often, once in a while, hopefully more in the coming year, I could be heard on the Seder Sphere, which is the podcast that uh, the Seder and I do on a weekly basis where we talk about pop culture and theater. And on uh, Twitter, you can find me at Army of Womack. It's Army of W-O-M-A-C-K.
0: Okay, well, it was a pleasure to have you. And, of course, the Voice of the Earl has been brought to you by Mr. Toppy Smelly, and uh, Toppy, could you let the fine folks know where we can find you?
2: Sure, you can always go over to thesmellcast.com. It's a little shoe I do, uh, mostly, mostly once or twice a month. Uh, But anyways, it's fun, it's weird, you'll like it, it doesn't stink all that much. The Smellcast.
0: I uh, want to wish everyone a safe and a happy holiday season from mm-hmm. the cast here at The Faraway Nearby. And be sure to check out my solo uh, personal journal show called Surely You Jest, and that is at syjpodcast.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening to The Faraway Nearby. This program can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. You can email us at tfnpodcast at gmail.com, tweet us on Twitter at TFNDJ, find our fan page on Facebook, and our companion blog on Tumblr, or text or leave a message at 720-230-6919. Unified Unique
2: Voices Unified Unique Voices A network of inclusion
0: Unifazpods.net